Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Well, full time whistle has been blown here. You can hear the booze around Old Trafford from the very few, it has to be said, remaining United fans inside Old Trafford. It's ended Manchester United nil. Burnley too. I'm responsible for what's happening on the pitch. Police in Cheshire are investigating an attack on the home of Ed Woodward by a group of disgruntled Manchester United fans. This is not anything to do with football. These are thugs. They film themselves throwing flares and spraying graffiti with the video captioned, Ed's gonna die. Get a grip. Get a grip. The football has certainly fallen from grace and it shows it's rotten to the core. It's Manchester City that go to the final, having lost here on the night by a goal to nil. Well, you're very welcome to the Talk Sport Game Day Cafe. Our focus today is Manchester United. No better place than the United Cafe, which is at the top of the Samat Busby Way. So we're, we're a good oof, 80 yards away from Old Trafford in all its resplendent glory as well. The sun kind of shining today in Manchester. But this cafe, absolutely mental on every Saturday or whenever United play, but a little bit of peace and calm. And brilliant to have here to chat all things United today. Neil Custis, the United correspondent from The Sun. Andy Mitten, very busy football journalist, going all over the place covering football for various outlets and organisations, and also the editor of the very long-standing United We Stand. I think it's been going about 64 years now, Andy, hasn't it? <laughs> 30, just. <laughs> and then the man known as Million Dollar Crawler, home and away he goes to all United games. Now that he's retired, he doesn't miss a kick. Anthony Crawler, of course, the former lightweight champion of the world, that former WBA, and what, what nights you had at the arena, and rivaled only by some of the nights you've enjoyed being a United fan, I think, as well. Yeah, it's, uh, people always ask me about the best nights. If you had to choose one of them, it's very hard to split. Do you know, uh, the great nights, you grow more away, all those great nights at the arena. Neil, if you just look around this place now in this cafe, with its proximity to Old Trafford, just kind of paint the picture for us, because all the pictures on both sides of the wall, you know, everything's in red, white and black in here, as you would imagine. All the seats are red covered or black covered and the walls are white or red. But some of the names, some of the faces that you're looking at now, well, I'm, strugg cold. I'm struggling to see a picture from the last six and a half years. I mean, we used to take that team, those teams for granted. You know, I'm looking at pictures of Beckham, Cantona, um, Dwight York, Andy Cole. I mean, they were a, it's, it's a world away. You know, I, I hesitate to say it's a different club, but it does feel like a different club at the moment. And you have to wonder how it's got from a position of that height, that dominance, that worldwide fame. Um, and brilliance to uh, the position they're in now. I mean, I've covered them for 20 years now, and um, you know, I'm not a super fan like Anthony. I'm a Newcastle fan, so I can't claim to have had any great nights. But I have been happy to witness some amazing occasions with legendary teams 
and uh, I could understand how United fans get misty-eyed coming in here. Adi, you wear the two hats, really. You're always close to the fans, obviously being editor of United We Stand, but with all the work that you do as a journalist as well. Where do you stand with where United are now? And again, it's very nostalgic when you do look around here. You, see, you remember the bad days in the 80s, and then you've gone through the 90s, the, the noughties, all the rest of it. Just where is United now? Well, when we started United We Stand in 89, the team were eighth, and had they won that day, I think they would have moved up to seventh. And we were a bit giddy. Wow, Man United are going to be seventh, and then we had the 20 years under Ferguson of success, success, success. They've fallen, there's no doubt about it, and as Neil says, looking at all the pictures, there's no current players here. The, we had a, a cover for United We Stand at the end of the last season, no more heroes, because the current players, they might be very good, they might be top professionals, and but there was a real struggle. The end of last season was a real struggle, and this season has been really up and down. The mood swings wildly, and just as you think that they're losing it, they beat Tottenham, then City, and you think they've turned a corner here, they're onto something, and then they lose to a Watford team who'd won one in 17. So it's so frustrating because they can beat the best, like Manchester City away on Wednesday night, and then lose at home to Burnley. I think the five defeats in a month up to that Burnley game, that, that's pr probably the low point. You've seen real anger and tension on the terraces among fans. Fans are still singing Ollie's name. They've turned against the owners of the club. They're, they're singing now chants at, at matches. And there's a lot of frustration there, and that's come out of the recent results. So I, I, fans have got to be patient, I think, with Ollie. I don't know whether we're a bit of right man. I, I hope he is. Uh, but United look pretty fragile, even in fifth. They've been much better in the Cups, mind. So. They need to win one of them this year. I think a Europa League or an FA Cup would be a, a massive boost for Solskjaer. One of the Cups has gone now, Anthony. You were at the Etihad, as, as I said. You don't, you yeah. don't miss a game unless there's some real serious circumstances. I mean, again, you, you're hearing it all. You, you travel on the, on the monkey bus. You, you've been on all these trips. You've been with, with, with the lads, if you like. What's the feeling from yourself, from the paying punters? Because we're in privileged positions, the rest of us around here. Most of the time you are Andy, Andy as well. I know you, you, you're a fan I as well. I the monkey bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what I mean is that we, you know, yeah. obviously we don't have to pay to watch United these days, but you do. So what, what's... I was, I was in the post sheets the other night, so um, I can't remember. You're really a sellout, aren't you? But now? I know, I know. <laughs> However, it's, um, it's different, Andy. Do you know when? Like, the away support, the away end was absolutely bouncing. And, like... It's very different to the atmosphere in Old Trafford. And I'm not just saying it, you might argue, like, because they say out of these two clubs having the best away support in the Premiership, so I'd be United and Newcastle. But everyone's, everyone's behind Ole, like, say, Wednesday night, everyone's behind him. But then there has been a little bit of swing of things at Old Trafford lately. I mean, listen, I think we feel that we get lured into sort of false hope. Like, you say, there, you know, we put in a performance and then. We're getting turned over by Burnley 2-0 and that was, as, that was as bad as I've seen it that um, just last week you know people walking out early I think Rio went on his rant as well and it, it is it's tough because it's sort of we don't know where we stand and we don't want to get excited and it was like the other night going out of going out of the Carabao Cup you can't be happy especially to City however I thought the lads gave a great account of themselves do you know what I mean I know they didn't turn it around we got the win 1-0 didn't turn it around but they gave a great account of themselves and obviously with a new signing you think, right, is there something to work with? And then obviously we've got we've got a massive game now Saturday evening. We just want a bit of consistency before we can start getting too excited. But like you said on the terraces, it is very much up and down at the minute. You know, I go around all your European yeah. pre-season tours and the people I've got to know and, and, and become friends with to an extent, I, I sort of marvel at their dedication and... I, I've never seen it. I mean, every club will claim they've got the best away support, but I, I think this club does have it. And, um, 
you know, other clubs could argue that, like my team, Newcastle, that they have this strong away support that fills out areas when they haven't won anything since 1969, and they don't look like winning anything. So, but the away support has stuck with the team, I think stuck with the team a lot more probably than the home support, you know, because they have been a lot of them. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the away fans I meet are actually of my age, 50 and over, who, who yeah. still go, I like, I think for a social thing, I mean, I asked a few of them, why on earth have you come to Kazakhstan? Well, we've not been here before, it's good, <laughs> I like to go with lads. And it is a social thing, and that's what Newcastle's become. Newcastle, people still go to Newcastle because it's a social thing, it's not necessarily... Well, you're going to yeah, you're gonna have to stay home otherwise, aren't you? I mean, you know. Well, I mean, there is that, but so I think the away support is, 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 is brilliant, but I have never known uh, in 20 years it, the atmosphere in general to be as toxic as it is now, yeah. to be as dark and toxic I mean, I did a piece last week just... It was, it was in defence of Woodward to the extent of you cannot blame this bloke for absolutely everything that's going wrong here. And just making a few salient yeah. points about David Gill and what have you. Um, got absolutely slaughtered for it on Twitter and, and various places. Other people might have agreed, but when people want to say positive, they don't go on social media. Then but, after but who the does agree with throwing flares and, and, and kind of menacing the house? Who actually does agree with that? I mean, you won't well, find fans that will put their head above the people, parapet, some surely. People, some people seem to. I'd then say something positive about the fact that beat Tramia, which let's, let's remember, a lot of people thought this could be a problem yeah, today. Nasty. And guess what? If that, it's only Tranmere. So I, I have never known it as nasty and toxic as it is. Them. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus of the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, this is the Game Day Cafe on TalkSport, of course. We are talking all things United in the United Cafe at the top of the map, Busby Way. We've been well looked after by owner Bob and said who's making the bacon butties, and I think Neil's has arrived, or Anthony's has arrived. Anthony's gone for egg on toast now. Oh, you'd never get away with that when you were training. Go to an ad break. Uh, white bread as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Neil's getting away with the bacon, no problem there. And I said, you're talking about the toxicity there. I mean, it's a word that we've heard quite a few times in press conferences, and Ollie's had to answer questions about the atmosphere, about the Glazers, about Woodward. You know, this started in 2005, Andy. Then there was the Green and Gold campaign in 2010. It's rearing its head now, clearly because of things on the pitch. Where do we stand with it all now, do you think? Where, where is it? It's a very fractured 
fan base and everyone has got their own opinions and they all think that their opinion is right. So even last week when talk of a, a walkout against Wolves was muted, you had like a thousand contrary opinions. Oh, that's not the way to do it. Oh, you're out of order, you can't do this. Yeah. And it doesn't surprise me to the minute you raise your head above the parapet, you get absolutely slaughtered. And it was the, the protests in, in 04 and 05, they were much stronger because fans... Don't know anyone who wanted that takeover to happen, but it was allowed to happen. That highly leveraged takeover. I don't think it should have ever been allowed to happen. And I went to see the British government in the October of that year, and they said, "Well, we we agree with you, and we're going to write them a, a stern letter." But it amounted to nothing. And then you get waves, like you said, the green and gold of ten years ago. That wasn't based around results because United were still top top dogs then. And Results have definitely played into this, and it's been coming a long time, this frustration. I think the fans have been very patient. You had bits of protest at Agmar away, at Newcastle away, after a dreadful defeat. I think United fans have been pretty patient. Uh, uh, other European clubs, and I travel a lot around Europe, I speak to fan bases, I go in with the ultra groups. I don't think they would have had that patience, and, but they finally snapped in the last month, and it's those results that's led to that. Now, there's not... It's, it's frustrating for them because there's no solution. There's no plan B. It's not like, okay, if they go, we can bring them in. There's, there's, there's no obvious solution to this. And there's just massive amounts of frustration. Well, where does this leave Solskjaer then? I mean, we, we talk about, uh, you were talking about the fans before, Anthony, about how they're, they're still backing him. But, you know, it won't go away. The name Pochettino keeps getting mentioned. You know, is Oli the right man or the rest of it? He has, to, he has to sit there in front of us in all the press conferences, knowing what questions are coming about, you know. Yeah. Is he still the right man when things go bad? It's one step forward, two steps out, all the rest of it. Well, you know, where are we? What's the situation now with Ollie as far as you're it's, concerned? Something's got to be coming out. Listen, we either come out and we back Ollie and we're all behind him. Or I said it when Gino, you know, finished that time. I thought it was the worst possible thing for United and for Ollie because he's just constantly going to be linked. So that for me, something's got to happen where we come out, we back him. And say, nah, the board can't say this is the man who's, who's in charge, and that's it. We forget about it, forget about Poch. Do you want Oli to stay? Yeah, I do want Oli to stay. Yeah, I do. It's, but you base uh, that on you base that on it's, it being Oli, don't you? Um, if listen, this was David yeah, Moyes a little in this bit. position, yes, yeah, yeah. I'll be talking, you, you are right, and I, I suppose I'm contradicting myself there, but it's that every, every United fan sort of loves the man, and the worry always is is Oli out of his depth. I don't know, I don't know, but what I do like is it's brought in some. He's brought in some good players, and he, that United way that we're all wanting all those fans are talking about, he seems to get it, um, or he, he wants the same as us. However, it is you have got to judge someone on results. Manchester United had the right man post Alex Ferguson era when they brought in Jose Mourinho, right? Yeah. And people seem to forget that he won the Europa League, he won the League Cup, he got to an FA Cup final. They were second in the league two seasons yeah. ago. All right, way off Manchester City, but they were still second in the league. Um, he had them going the right way. He had them relevant and competitive. Now, this is during a time where supposedly the, the whole place has been in chaos. Now, obviously, um, he has a few character traits that rub people up the wrong way because he didn't get his own way in that summer. Things started to go downhill. But I don't think the club should have ever got to a position where they were losing Jose Mourinho because he did a fantastic job for this football club at the time. And, um, and also, he was bringing through 
young players gradually at the right time, Scott McTominay being the classic example. And he doesn't ignore young players or anything like that. Yeah, but w- would the fan base have him top. back? That would be the big question because a lot of people were bored rigid going to Old Trafford and they were bored of a man that was living in a hotel and had a surly face every well, day, every time they the saw him. The he was living in a hotel's uh, nothing. I've seen I Alex think it bothered fans. I've seen... Did I think if, if you win it didn't in, bother you, fans you, when, they, yeah. when they won the Europa League or at Stockholm when they're all chanting his name. You, and I've seen Sir Alex Ferguson with a surly face, believe me. Normally when I walk in the room. He could have been living in a trench if he was winning. It wouldn't have bothered anybody. Those last few months were horrible. And you could see throughout 18, support from him. It doesn't happen overnight. This is not a black and white thing here. He lost against Seville. The season ended badly. He had a face on him on all summer. And I supported him. I supported him up until the November. To the point that I started getting slaughtered myself. Because I think that managers deserve time, including Oli Gunnar. Jose said he deserved to be sacked himself by the end of it. Uh, I I think his relationship had broke down with a lot of people at the club. I don't think the solution is continually changing managers. I just think managers need time. So then if you look... At this, uh, what, what is this, you know, United, are they an elite club at the minute and can they be an elite club? I mean, we know about the numbers in terms of who comes to watch United, but in terms of where Manchester City are, where Liverpool are, and as painful as it is for United fans, they're a million miles away. They'll always be But that, it's, yeah. there's also Old Trafford itself, physically. Is Old Trafford fit to take United further as well? Because it's a magnificent old stadium, but does it need a little bit of work? Does it, is, that, not, is that something that is holding United back? Where are United in terms of elite status and what is the fix? They'll, they'll always be an elite club. They'll always be an elite club. But the very fact that we're sat in this cafe now talking about Man United tells you that. They are always the biggest story in the media. No matter what... I remember my wife saying, oh, is, is your job more awkward now because they're not doing as well? So it doesn't make any difference. Wherever Man United are in the league, they're always the biggest story. For different reasons, but they're always the biggest story. They're always the biggest name. They're always a back-page lead. And it'll always be like that. When they weren't winning the, the, the title for 30 years or something like that, they were still the biggest name. Um, and that'll continue. The, problem you, the, problem, the only problem I can foresee is that the fan base that you currently have, if they get so disaffected that they stop going, I don't see a fan base that is then going to replace those numbers. And that fan base has been disaffected may decide not to come back, right? If they feel that either they have having taken out of them or, or, or what have you, I can see a situation where that fan base will not be replaced. The stadium you touched on, I've written it more than anybody. I've looked Ed Woodward in the eye and said, invest in that stadium. It's not his money. Yeah, OK, I'll make a note of it. No, don't make a note of it. Stress the point that there is a demand to make that ground bigger. And other clubs have caught up, not in terms of capacity, but Old Trafford was looking shabby. And that's one strand where it frustrates fans because for years it was the best stadium around. Recruitment has been poor. It's, they've spent a lot of money on players. Recruitment has been dreadful. So the, the message has been so mixed. What are Manchester United? What are they going for? I think United and Liverpool are, are by a distance the, the, the top two English clubs. And I know Newcastle are a massive club. It, it amazes me that they get the crowd to do after so long without trophies. And I've been to away games with some Newcastle fans. Um, but United and Liverpool... They're, they're huge, but other clubs will slowly catch up. You can see the revenue of, of City and Chelsea creeping up and up. And if they've got money being poured into them, while United have got money being taken out of them, it's tipping the balance. And it has done off the field as well. I think United will always be huge. Liverpool had 90,000 for a friendly in 2013 in Melbourne. And I saw that. And that was when they'd finished seventh. I thought, wow. 
I don't know how they've gone in since then. I've not looked at the league table this year. I'm not sure how Liverpool are doing. But they're massive. But United are even bigger. I mean, I remember when they were they won three titles in a row, which they've yeah. done twice, haven't they? And I thought the atmosphere then was poor because they expected them to win. The games would be over by half-time. I think the atmosphere, in many ways, has actually been better since they've been struggling because the fans are trying to oh, lift them. No? I don't know about that, Andy. What do you reckon? I thought you mentioned the Red Army yeah, group. That's a definite plus. Big chunk yeah. of the Stratford end. Yeah. And and for years after the ground was reconfigured, the atmosphere declined. Yeah. Putting an executive block in the middle of the Stratford end, and I pulled Martin Edwards up on this, and he said I got it wrong, and you had singers spread all around the stadium. Now there's yeah. big groups of people together. That's that's definitely a plus. And the point Neil makes, I think it's it's a true one, yeah. and I also see it at Barcelona. You're blinded by brilliance. You That's know you're going to win every game. There's a 95% chance of knowing you're going to win 2-0 at home. And now, you haven't got a clue, yeah. which actually makes it more exciting. <laughs> I find myself going yeah. and, and being optimistic because that's how I am, and that can die after 10 minutes. But I like, I like the fact that you know that you're not going to win today because you know Palace beat you at home. It's horrible <laughs> when it happens. Like you say, whether it's the fan base with the ages as well, it's like I'm a little bit younger than you are, Neil. But um, I, uh, I've only ever known success over the past six, seven years where it's been been bits here and there because we've been spoiled. We're finding it hard to take, and in a way, yeah, it's backed me out a little bit. And it's it's hard sort of for, for the young kids coming over. I think we all were saying it the other day. And I see it with my little lad in school, you know, he's six years old and he's got no choice to be supports and he knows that, he knows that, but it's hard for, you know, some kids to be wanting to wear United shirts when they're seeing what's going on down the road and not far away. I think that's what it is. I think for us as well, it's seeing City and Liverpool playing the way they are. It makes it that bit harder. Out of the Carabao Cup, but... A pretty decent performance against City. They drew it back from that first half at Old Trafford, obviously. Plenty more challenges. Kids are coming through. The academy's certainly doing the right thing. Mason Greenwood now, people will look for him to, to get the goals. Rashford out. What kind of shape, to sum up very briefly, if you're giving United a mark out of 10 now, on the pitch, what kind of shape are they in? It changes between a four and a seven, I think. it changed. That's what it changed. Hopefully... Bruno can add something to us and um, I still believe there's, we've got to add to the squad but there is positives to say like you say especially with the youngsters Neil? I'd say five I, I just I, I look at the side and I just cannot see this side as it is now winning anything doing anything um, it just looks bang average with a lot of bang average players in it Andy? This week eight last week two that's how it swings it needs quality there's a lot of average players in as Neil said they need to Bring the lads, the young lads through, that's fine. Build for the future, that's fine. But you still need, need results in the present because it's Manchester United. But when you say bring the young lads through, I think, I mean, I've seen Mason Greenwood disappear in the last two or three performances he's put in, brought off at half time on, on Wednesday night. Um, and you have to bring them through when there's about three or four players on the pitch who you would describe as leaders, experienced and what have you so that they don't feel a burden. I think there's a burden on Mason Greenwood at the minute. I think Mason Greenwood will turn out to be one of the greatest English strikers, one of, a great Man United striker, but right now there's a burden on him that he shouldn't have to be carrying. He was anonymous at, at City on Wednesday. Just 18 though, wasn't he? He, he is. I think he'll yeah, be Michael brilliant. Michael Owen like was Neil just 17 says. when he was scoring but, after. Everyone develops at different times, don't well, they? But he's, but he's been thrust in there. The class of 92 were dropped into a world-class team. You can't be yeah. putting the burden on young kids. Exactly, yeah. It's not fair on them. The jury's out then in terms of how the season's going to end. Obviously, you all feel that 
There's work to be done behind the scenes as well with Ed Woodward. Of course, we haven't even mentioned that kind of technical director, director of football role that you, you probably think still needs to be there, yeah? No. I mean, I just do not... People keep banging on and on and on as if this is like, this is the thing that'll change everything. You know, why don't we get Edwin van der Sar from Ajax? I mean, they've got, they've got about five people around Woodward who do strands of that job, right? Who take on the roles of that job. He's not sat there with his FIFA soccer, whatever they call them, the son's got one, but anyway, um, just deciding on who's a good player. You know, they have people doing those jobs. This idea that a director of football is suddenly going to change the whole landscape is nonsense. Fergie never had one. Louis van Aal didn't want one. Yeah, David Gill. Jose Marie. Yeah, well, well, but I'm sorry, but what did David Gill... What, what did David Gill do? Everyone says, oh, he's a steady hand on the tiller and all... David Gill was the man who said, um, debt is the road to ruin and opposed the Glazer takeover and then worked for them for seven years, right? David Gill oversaw a lack of investment in that squad up until the time he left, which had an immediate knock-on effect, I think, for two or three years. Ed Woodward, on the meantime, right, for all the criticism he gets, has spent 822 million on that team. Now, you talk about recruitment, but if Louis van Gaal, recognises one of the best coaches of the last 30 years, says to you, I want him, him, and him, who's Ed Woodward or anyone else to say, nah, I don't think he's good on his right, I don't think he's good on his left? Likewise, Mourinho, they are the ones who are saying, and, if you're gonna, and he's backed those managers. So all this misty ice, oh, David Gill, steady hand on the tiller. Nah. Final thoughts, Andy? David Gill cut communication with fans people have not done that absolutely it's led to like the red army being there inside the ground sporting director i've yet to meet a manager who actively wants a sporting director it's basically saying here's 40 percent of my power and that could be Josie Mourinho. it could be louis does it not work with pep though it does work with pep because that's how he was brought in it was that catalan mafia and and even in the executive roles it's like come in and he trusted bagiristin bagiristin was a top level footballer as well so he saw him as someone who could be his right-hand man, not someone who, who would undermine him. And he'd worked in that role at Barcelona with, with great success. And in England, no, I, I can see why people want a sporting director. Maybe it would work, but I think it's, it's snowballed now to the point people think if one came in, United would start winning everything again. It just wouldn't happen. Can I tell you one other thing about David Gill? David Gill was the chief executive of Manchester United who allowed his manager to try and take the majority shareholders of the football club to court. Now, what other CEO would allow that situation to happen? And that situation has indirectly led, perhaps, to where we are now. Your final thoughts then, Anthony, you've heard all that now. What's right, what's wrong with United? It's, it's, there's a lot wrong with Manchester United at the minute, we can see that, but um, my final thoughts, as Andy mentioned before, I think, we need to um it's not it's not dead yet i think top four is the aim and um a cup whether that be the europa whether that be the fa cup it'll oh, paper over the cracks it'll keep fans it'll sort of it'll save a season that looks like it was going to be tragic at one point but there's a um, there's massive improvements needed both sort of on the pitch and off the pitch but more importantly off the pitch Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.